time. All of you have taken the time out to spend this evening with us. We want to say welcome to you. And we just ask that you would go ahead and just share this with your family and with your friends, with your co-workers. Let them know that we are in the virtual space and that we are here and that we are ready to worship and magnify the name of the Lord. We also want to thank God for those that are in the house tonight. We give God um, praise for you and your faithfulness. Amen. That's right. We can put our hands together in the house tonight. Uh, giving God praise, giving God glory, giving him honor for he is truly worthy um, to be praised. Listen, just a couple of announcements before we jump into our opening song. We just want to encourage you and remind you that on next week, um, we'll have our communion service. Um, we'll um, be visiting with um, the um, Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, we'll be having our special time there at 4 o'clock. Um, but we will be here at Sabbath morning at 11 o'clock. Um, we'll be here at Top where we will have our worship service here in the house. Um, also on Wednesday, Wednesday the 24th, we'll be having a special service here. So we want to encourage you to mark your calendars for those dates. Um, as we have our communion emblems, we'll have those here ready for you um, starting this Sabbath. Um, we may even start on tomorrow evening for those that want to take their emblems and have them in their hand early. Amen. Um, and that way you will have them. But most definitely on Sabbath, we'll start passing those out. And then on Wednesday, we'll start passing um, those out. Amen. A little, little slight difficulty, but we're going to pray through it. Um, we're going to pray through it. So again, we want you to mark your calendars um, for those dates, the 24th, as well as the 27th, I believe it is. Um, to mark your calendars for those dates as we will have our special service going on. Um, um, listen up. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our worship song. Um, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. I'm sorry. When we all get to heaven, I was hearing that in my head, but that's all right. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Can we just bless the name of the Lord with that? Amen. Here we go. Sing, sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the mansion. Pride and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing there will be. When traveling days are over, days are over, when we all get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a Let us then be true and faithful. Let us then be true and faithful. Trusting and serving every day. Every 
redeemed. Just one glimpse of Him in glory. Him in glory. Will the toils of life repay? Come on, family. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. To the prize before us, prize before soon his beauty will behold. Will behold soon the pearly gates they will open, and we shall shred the streaks of gold. Come on now, open we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing! Shout the victory. Can we say that one more time? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Oh, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be we're so excited that we know that there is a day that is soon approaching quickly approaching but we'll be able to spend eternity with our father and the earth made new we want to thank you again for taking time out to be with us listen we've been dealing with the sanctuary um, these last few weeks every wednesday every thursday every friday and every sabbath um, we've been talking about the sanctuary we've been doing a a lot of recap, a lot of um, new information, um, but we're just so blessed that God has given us um, this end time message. It's been with us all along, ever since we had the Bible. <laughs> it's nothing new, amen. This isn't new fire, amen, um, but, but, but God has given us this um, message so that we can share it um, with the world, and we know that um, his way is in the sanctuary. And so we just want to welcome you all here tonight. Um, in this space, um, I want to just thank you for being here with us. Um, at this time, we do want to go into our prayer time. Um, we know that God is a very present help uh, in the time of storms. Um, and we're definitely in a storm. You can look out your front door, look out your window. Uh, you see storms all around. Uh, but God is a very present help um, in the midst of all of our storms. So let us bow our heads um, as we invite the presence of the Lord to come and dwell with us here tonight. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father, our Savior and our King, mighty are your ways. Mighty are you. And we just want to say thank you tonight for allowing us uh, to come and be in your presence. Thank you for traveling mercies and covering us. But Father, we dare not move any further in this time without asking you to forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of all of our wrongdoing and all of our shortcomings. Uh, Father, you protect us from danger, seen and unseen. Yes. And so we're just asking, God, that you will cover us 
those things that we may not have known about, but even those things that we were intentional and even those premeditated sins, God, help us to reflect you. Help us to be more intentional about honoring your name and your glory. So we thank you tonight for allowing us to be here. Uh, thank you for those that are viewing online. Um, thank you, Father, that even in the midst of COVID, um, we're still able to come into your house of worship and bless your name. So, Father, do just that. Bless your name in this space tonight. We welcome you and um, we thank you. Uh, cover those families who are battling with health challenges, those that are dealing with illness, uh, illnesses and those that are dealing with financial um, hardship, those that are still dealing with the loss of loved ones, we just pray your hand of mercy upon them. Show them your way. Show them your glory. Now, Father, as we move through this time together tonight, we ask that you will speak to us through your word. We know that your word declares truth, and it speaks truth to power. So bless us tonight, cover us and keep us, and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is worthy to be praised. Come on, everybody, praise him. Praise him.
Blessed Savior. Blessed Savior. He's worthy to be praised. Glory. him we ought to give him glory we ought to give him honor for in him do we trust um, we thank God for this privilege and this opportunity to come before you tonight um, as we work through our technical um, issues um, with our um, with our um, PowerPoint here I want to make sure that you are able to view it um, those online um, and so as they work through it um, we're going to move forward um, and we pray that they'll be able to get this resolved um, as soon as possible. Again, we apologize um, for the issues that we're having. Um, so we just ask that you would just pray for us. Um, and, um, and we pray that God's word will not return um, unto him void. Um, let us just bow our heads yet again as we invite God's presence. Father, again, we thank you uh, for allowing us to be here tonight. Uh, we give you all praise, our honor, and our glory. Thank you so much for this space that you've given us. Um, have your way tonight. I must now decrease uh, that your spirit may increase. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I want to say good evening again to everybody. I want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise where we are going through our revival every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sabbath evening in the month of November. Um, we're also spending time together on Sabbath morning at 11. Um, and so we want to encourage you to come and be a part of this awesome experience. Listen, we're dealing with worship in the sanctuary. Um, as we walk through um, the tabernacle tonight, um, as we on last night, we dealt with Aaron's rod tonight as we move on to our time together. Amen. Amen. Um, we pray that, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, but we're going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving anyhow. It's, it, it, it's always something going. But we're going to pray that we are able to get through this. Amen. We'll keep it moving, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Amen. God is good anyhow. So what I'll do, I'll move this just a little bit closer. There we go. So you can see me and I can see you and we'll just do the hand click versus the remote. We're going to make it through it. Amen. So again, <laughs> we thank God for um, allowing us to be here tonight. Um, it seems like the closer we get um, to the end of this, it seems like the more things show up. That means that somebody is being blessed by this. That's the only thing that I can resolve and the only thing I can think of, that somebody is truly being blessed um, as a result of our time together. It may not look like it, 
I said, that's one thing about God. Um, we don't understand a lot of things that he's, that he's doing. Um, but there are some things that are going on behind the scenes um, that we're not aware of. We're not privy um, to that information. But God sees everything. And so as I was saying on last night, um, we looked at um, the um, sanctuary. We talked about um, Aaron's rod um, within the sanctuary. We talked about Aaron's rod and the, and the most holy. And so tonight we want to continue in the most holy um, as we look at the manna. But as always, I like to just take us back um, and just walk through, if you don't mind. I know uh, once we leave here, they says reputation deepens what, everybody? Anybody know what that means? Anybody know? Have you heard that? Let me just ask you. Yes, repetition deepens the impression. So, so, so the more you do something, the deeper, the more impression it will become on your mind. So if you notice throughout this series or throughout this revival, I've always gone back to the beginning. Amen. I've always gone back to the beginning and kind of start there to walk you through. And number two, the reason why I do it is because you have individuals that are joining us, some for the very first time, and I want to make sure that they're able to be caught up. Amen. It's almost like a teacher. I want to give, you know, make sure that you are up to speed um, with what we're dealing with tonight. And so when we look at the sanctuary, we understand that there are at least six pieces of furniture that is inside of the tabernacle. Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I noticed when we first started this series, um, I mentioned to you that I wanted to be interactive. Amen. Uh, uh, but I'm not going to call on you to name all six um, of the furniture inside of the sanctuary. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, 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 but, but, but as we go through this, amen, sister looking at me like, oh, I can't tell if you're smiling underneath that mask, but, but you hadn't blinked. <laughs> amen. You hadn't blinked. Uh, you're like, look, Pat, don't call on me. Amen. Uh, uh, but, but, but there are at least six pieces of furniture uh, in the sanctuary. Number one, as we, as we, as we look at the sanctuary, we understand with, on, on the screen here you see those dots around uh, the sanctuary or the tabernacle, if you will. This represents the, the curtain that is around the sanctuary. In other words, this curtain represents Christ protecting us. Christ is shielding us. Christ is protecting us. That serves as his protection. And then as we look at, at, the, at the first gate or the first door, we see that first line, um, my, my, um, where you see it on the screen, that, that first line let us know that, 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 is on, that there is only one way inside of the tabernacle. Now, I asked this question on the other day. I'm going to see just where we are. This gate represents... Jesus. There we go. Amen. No, no, you good. You, you said you, that was the right answer. Amen. The gate represents Jesus. Jesus is the only door, the only access that we have to the Father. There is no other entrance into the courtyard or into the tabernacle, none other than by way of this door right here. And then when we move on into this door, uh, we understand that this door 
also uh, 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 makes our way to what we call the, uh, 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 the, 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 the art of sacrifice or the altar of sacrifice. That's that first piece of furniture uh, that you see on the screen. This is sacrifice, this altar of burnt offering or the offering of sacrifice. Now, I don't have it on the picture up here, but, 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 but off to the side of this altar, you have another table uh, where they will bring their sacrifices for inspection. Amen. Uh, there has to be an inspection of this offering that they're bringing to be sacrificed. And so we see here that in this seer art of, of sacrifice, uh, we understand and know that first of all, that this altar of sacrifice uh, represents Christ. Amen. This is when Christ was crucified uh, on the cross. Uh, uh, Christ was the lamb that was slain uh, before the foundation. It was already decided that he would be the one. Not only does this altar of sacrifice represent cross, I mean Christ, but for you and for me, it represents repentance. This is where we come to seek forgiveness, to seek, uh, 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 to ask for repentance. It's at this space right here. This right here also, as we move on a little further into the courtyard, we run across what we see here as a laver. Now, this laver is very important because this represents uh, uh, the cleansing. Every one of us have to go through a period of cleansing uh, or baptism. The children of Israel, uh, as they crossed the Red Sea, it was a form of baptism. Amen? Uh, and, and so we see here that this labor, this labor is where the priest will come. The priest will come and he will cleanse himself. Now keep in mind, he just finished sacrificing a lamb. There has to be a place where he become clean because he can't go into uh, uh, the next phase uh, without being clean. Just like you and I. Uh, uh, Christ urges us to become clean. Now, we can't clean ourselves, but through baptism. Amen. And so we see here uh, 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 that this uh, 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 um, um, altar of sacrifice and this laver, uh, which is placed in the courtyard, uh, uh, lets us know as we look at Jesus as our Messiah, uh, a, a Messiah. He, this right here lets us know that, that he is the chosen one. But not only that, not only that. But in the courtyard, the laver, as well as the um, sacrifice, the altar of sacrifice, also lets us know this is where we are starting. Here it is, everybody. This is where we begin our courtship with Christ. In the courtyard. It starts in the courtyard, you can't go anywhere, any, you, you, you can't go any further until you first come by way of uh, 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 the courtyard. And so we see here as we move on through the second door, uh, uh, the second curtain uh, uh, the, uh, the second door, you see here as we go into what we call the most holy. Now inside the most holy, there are three pieces of furniture that we've been talking about the whole time. And again, 
again because I love you so much and, and I don't want to put anyone on the spot. Uh, we're not going to ask anyone uh, uh, to name all three. Uh, but if I was to say something like, I would give a thousand dollars. I'm sure somebody would. <laughs> but, 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 but we're not going down that road because I have the mic and, and, and I'm standing before you. And so I'm going to do you the honor. Amen. And I'm going to share with you that this next phase as we go through this curtain. Amen. Which also represents Christ. Each one of these doors represent Christ. Christ. Now, let me just bag up and share with you that as we look at uh, uh, in the courtyard, we see here uh, uh, that this speaks towards our justification. This is where we're being justified. We've done wrong. We've messed up and we know we wrong. Anybody say, you know, you wrong and you know you wrong. Well, this is where Christ has now justified us, even though we were in the wrong. And so now we move on through to the uh, second curtain. And the first piece of furniture that we're going to see um, is what we call the table of showbread. Now, in, on this table, uh, uh, there is bread bread there Jesus says I am the what everybody the bread of life so Jesus is the bread of life and not only does it speaks to Jesus being the bread of life but it also speaks to us as the truth Jesus is the truth Amen. His word, it speaks to us as his word. That's why when, and when it relates to us, and what does uh, uh, the, um, the um, bread or the, um, uh, the, the table of showbread, what does that have to do with you and me? Well, it speaks to our studying, our spending time with God. And so when we look across from this table of showbread, we see a candlestick. Now, this candlestick that we look at uh, has very significant, uh, is very important. Uh, we see here Jesus reminds us that as we look at the candlesticks, and while it represents the Holy Spirit, it also speaks to us as it relates to Jesus uh, uh, that he is our, that, that, that he is the way, that he is showing us which way we need to go. He says that my, the, his, the lamp is a light Unto my footsteps to let me know which way I need to go. Not only that, but it also speaks to uh, 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 you and it speaks to me. And it just reminds me uh, uh, that uh, we are to be witnesses for God. The light. We are to let our light shine wherever we go. So that's the significance of the light uh, of being in uh, uh, the, um, the, the most, uh, in the holy place. Not the most holy, but the holy place. And then we move on a little further inside of the holy place. Uh, and we see another article of furniture, which is called the Ark of Incense. Now, this is where uh, Jesus is now uh, speaking speaks to us as being the life. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, uh, uh, but, uh, but, but, but I thank God for his life. 
and, and as it relates to me and my and, and, and the role that the altar of, of, um, of um, incense uh, as it has to do with me it speaks to my prayers now we know that Jesus uh, is in the sanctuary and he's making intercession for you and for me believe it or not I know sometimes it may not feel like it I know sometimes it may not seem like it but I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that God is praying for you that Jesus is praying for you that he's making intercession for you and for me I thank God for that. I thank God that he's not leaving me all by myself. And so when I look at uh, the holy place, like the courtyard, it speaks to Jesus being the Messiah. Well, when we get into the holy place, it speaks to Jesus now as being our priest, our high priest. This is where he's performing his priestly duties, right there in the holy place. And as we move on a little further, we see here in this here tabernacle, we see that there is a, 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 a the most holy. Now, this room, this is the special room. This is where we're going to be dealing with our message uh, on tonight, uh, right there in uh, that room. So we see here that you have on top, uh, uh, you, you, you can't see it there, uh, uh, but on top uh, 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 of this here um, um, art, there is what we call the mercy seat. And, and, and on the mercy seat, uh, uh, this is where God does his judgment. Amen. And underneath is where we keep is where a guy has told Moses he need to keep at least three items in there. And we dealt with one of those items on yesterday. Tonight we'll deal with another item. But inside the Ark of the Covenant, there are three items. And this right here speaks to God as our covenant God. And so we understand that Jesus is our judge. And as we come inside of the most holy, which I thank God for the most holy, because it's inside of the most holy where you and I find victory. It is inside of the most holy where you are now, where the marriage takes place. We've gone through the process. And then let me back up because in the, in the holy place, uh, that speaks to our sanctification. And as we move into this last piece, of this uh, uh, of the uh, tabernacle we see now that this speaks to our glorification now God has now redeemed us now we're able to stand before God now we're able to be in his presence once again about like in the garden when Adam and Eve at one point spent time uh, with God. And so inside of uh, uh, this article, uh, uh, there are three pieces of, of, of articles. I'm reminded uh, uh, the word of God shares with us uh, 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 that uh, uh, he shall cover you. Uh, with his uh, feathers. God said, I will cover you. I will keep you protected. I will cover you with um, his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge in his truth. God said, I am taking care of you. And so God has given the children of Israel, uh, 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 they have been out 
uh, in, the, in the wilderness. Uh, uh, they've been out and they've uh, uh, been in the midst of, 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 of a lot of the struggles as God has set them free from the hands of Pharaoh. And you would have thought that once they got to the Red Sea, matter of fact, even before uh, the Red Sea, you would have thought that the fact that they were set free uh, would have been excitement enough for them to move forward without any issues, without any complaints, without any worries. But we see in the story of Moses as he set, as, as God God set the children of Israel free. They got to the Red Sea. They began to complain. They began to murmur. Uh, they began to have issues with Moses. They took issues with Aaron. So, uh, why did you bring us out here? And after witnessing the Red Sea open up its mouth and allow them to walk across on dry ground. Now, I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but, 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 but something of that magnitude uh, uh, would have just put me in my place. Uh, uh, but, but, but it's amazing how they got on the other side uh, and three days later, the text tells us they were back at it again, murmuring and complaining and having issues uh, with Moses and with Aaron for bringing them out there in the wilderness, for setting them free. And so we see and we understand that the Israelites, they wandered in the desert. Uh, uh, they were there uh, uh, wandering in the desert. Uh, uh, God kept them safe. He kept them protected. Uh, he, he, he kept them covered. Uh, uh, God said, I shall, I shall cover you uh, with his feathers, and under his wings he shall take refuge. Let me move on a little further here. Because the, God told Moses as he came down off the mountain, as he was on the mountain, he said, I need you now to tell my children to build a sanctuary for me, that I may come and dwell with them, that I may spend time with them, that I may be able to tabernacle with them. Moses built the sanctuary. They come down and God tells Moses, I need you to take at least three items. And we talked about Aaron's rod on yesterday as being one of those items that was placed inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And the third, the, uh, uh, the second thing that they placed in there was manna. It placed a bottle of God had placed manna in there. The children of Israel had a problem. They were out in the wilderness. They were out in the desert. They began to complain because they were tired. They were upset. They were hungry. Now, I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters. I thought through this. It just really hit me because I would like to believe that Moses and Aaron was hungry too. It wasn't like God was sliding them something under the table. Uh, and I, you know, as they uh, uh, walked and as they got tired, as the children of Israel got tired, Moses was tired, Aaron was tired. They were all tired. It wasn't like anybody was more tired than the next person. Now, I know some of us may argue that because some of us, we work hard. And some of us, we just work. But when tired comes, it don't matter how hard you work or how you work. When tired comes, it comes. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been at home uh, 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 doing some work on the computer, and all of a sudden you just got tired, as if your body was about to shut it down. Aaron and Moses was tired. They were tired. They were so tired. So God tells them, I need you to, 
uh, tell the Israelites that they were wandering in the desert and the Lord provided for them uh, through this miraculous food substance uh, that came with the morning dew and it looked like frost on the ground. In Exodus 16, 31, uh, we're reminded uh, it, it, it is described as something like a, a, a corner seed, a, a white, and it tastes, it was like wafers of honey. And we see here that in the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like this corn seed. And, the, and, and manna, manna simply, simply means what is this? Uh, 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 what, what, what is this? This substance was unique in the manner and time span the Lord used it in the lives of the Israelites. God waited for the right time to reveal this miraculous food from heaven. He could have given it to them long time ago, but God waited for such a time as that. But the spiritual concept involved with manna extends even to us today. There are times that we look for God to move. We look for God to do things in our lives. We look for God to just show up. But there are times that God has to wait because now is not the time. They were complaining. They were, they, were, they, were, they were grumpy. And not one time, and we'll get to it, not one time did they take notice that their shoes hadn't worn out, their clothes hadn't worn out, that God took good care of them. But oh, how hard, how easy it is for us to forget what God has done for us when trouble shows up. It's amazing how when trouble shows up, we get amnesia. We forget to pray. We forget to call on God. We forget that God has said that this sickness is not unto death. We forget that God said that I will put no more on you than what you are able to handle. We seem to lose our train of thought when trouble shows up. But God had to remind them. He, he, he said, let me explain something to you. So, 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 so God allowed this manna. It appeared as a provision for the Israelites during a time when they could not form because they had not yet come to the land of promise. And so God said, I'm going to have to take care of you until you get to a place where you can take care of yourself. Now, I said that that way because sometimes we forget that God gave us the ability to provide for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has given us two arms and, and two legs, and he's given us a mind to reason. He's given us a brain. He's given us intellect. God didn't give us all of that for us to sit back and say, Lord, you do it. I get hungry. I don't ask God to eat for me. Uh, uh, when I want to go to the store, I don't say, God, could you go to the store for me? God gave me two legs to get up off my couch, to get into my car, and to drive to the store. God gave me the ability to be able to count my blessings. 
And so many times we look to God. So God has given them everything they needed uh, uh, up until this point. And so God said, listen, because you're not in the promised land, because you haven't made it to your promised land, I'm going to take care of you. And so God was simply teaching and he was simply purifying the people, readying them for their promised land. So in other words, God was taking them through something, getting them ready for what he had planned for them. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, God have to prepare you for the blessing. And see, we want the blessing without the preparation. We don't want to go through anything. We don't want the experience. We don't want to go through the no's and the, and the hardships and the, and the letdowns and the breakups and the, and, and, and the misfortunes. We just want it all right now. But God has said, no, I can't give it to you all right now. I want you to be able to appreciate what I give you when I give it to you. So God uh, 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 sins manner. God was teaching them. Uh, 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 God was getting them ready. And not only did God deliver food to their doorstep during this season, but he also miraculously kept their clothes from wearing out. God knew exactly uh, what he was doing. I like the way uh, uh, Deuteronomy uh, uh, 29 puts it. He says, I have led you 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness, he goes on to say, and your clothes have not worn out. I've taken care of you. I've provided for you. Have you forgot the days when the doors were shut and no one can open them and you called on me and I opened those doors for you? Did you forget that I was the one that provided for you when everybody else had turned their backs on you? Did you not forget? Are you able to look around right now and see how I am taking care of you. Yes, there is a lot of stuff going on. Yes, there is a lot of issues jumping right now, but there are some things that are happening right before your eyes that could take you out, but I'm blocking it right now. God was letting them know, listen, I, 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 haven't you not noticed the shoes on your feet haven't worn out? The clothes on your back, there are no holes in them. I mean, we're talking years. So God, the purpose of, of, of the manna provision was to, to help the Israelites know the Lord. You see, because slavery had been a hard experience, a, a darkness of others' sin can skew our understanding of God's character. Some, some, and, 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 and in other words, an, a, another person's uh, a bad behavior, a man to you, uh, uh, can cause you to see God in a negative way. It can skew your perspective of God. You hear it all the time. You hear it every day. If God was such a good God, then why? Did he allow all of those children to die? If God was such an amazing God uh, that you worship, then why is it that he allowed COVID to show up and kill? Uh, if God, you hear it all the time, another person's sin can skew God's character. So God is simply 
trying to get the children of Israel to a place where they are back in relationship with him. Because remember, I said it before, that every step of the way, God has always wanted to have a relationship with his creation. God has always wanted to have conversations with you early in the morning and in the midst of the day and in the evening time. God is saying, I just want to spend a little time with you, so I'm going to do something miraculous. I'm going to rain down manna. That way you don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. You don't even have to worry about anything. Just go out and pick it up and you're good. But there were some, some instructions that God had given these young folk uh, 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 as they went out into their front yards as they went out uh, uh, to pick up this manna. There were some, some instructions that God had given them that, 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 that you are to get only enough. For one day. You see, when God provides for us, it is meant to be a tangible revelation of his character. We are wise to regularly consider all his many provisions and reflect on the relationship he is building between us. God is always trying to show us just how loving he is, just how wonderful he is, and he doesn't stop there because when he messes up, he also shows us that he is a good judge because he don't he don't he don't deal with us the way we deserve so whenever God provides for us it is meant to be a tangible revelation of his character you see uh, Exodus chapter 16 uh, uh, verse 4 through 5 uh, uh, lays it out very clear it says then the Lord said to Moses behold I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion Every day, every day they are to go out that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions. And it will come about on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in. It will be twice as much as they gathered daily. And then he goes on to say, uh, that and so Moses and Aaron said to all of the sons of Israel at every at, 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 at evening you will know that the Lord God has brought you out of the land of Egypt and if I can just put a pause right there because we see here that even now the children of Israel still don't believe God out of all that God has done, out of everything that they have gone through, uh, you would have thought that they would have an understanding uh, of the creator. They would, you would have thought that they, that, they, um, that, um, that they would have had a knowledge of the fact uh, that God is simply wanting to spend time with them. But we read here that they still don't know that he is God. They still have an issue. They still have trust issues. And I can imagine uh, uh, being in captivity, amen, uh, 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 being, being in captivity, uh, uh, that trust issue can be broken. Some of us are dealing with trust issues today. Some of us can't have a successful relationship because of trust issues. Some of us, it, it, it's just the way it is. 
Some of us are still battling with scars of the past, parents and, 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 and sisters and brothers and, and on, on the job and, and supervisors. And, and we're still battling with these issues. We're still battling with trust issues. So in the evening, uh, you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, he says, you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumbling against the Lord. And what are we? I, I mean, why are, you, why are you complaining to me? What are we? Amen. As I said uh, uh, just the other day, that when you, when, you, when you complain against the man of God, when you have issues with the man of God, uh, especially if the man of God is doing what God has called him or her to do, uh, the woman of God, uh, we have to understand that you're coming against God. It, it says it right here. Uh, it, it says Moses is speaking to it. He said, you're grumbling against me, but what are we that you grumble against us. So why are, you, why, are you, why are you coming for me? I'm hungry like you're hungry. Amen. I'm in the wilderness with you. Do you not know that I'm right here in this situation with you? It's not like God is giving me something under the table on the backside that I'm getting a little bit something. No, no, no. When you eat, I eat. When, when, when you move, I move because we're in this together. But oh, how, how it's easy for us to look and, 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 and name blame, if you will. Amen. But let's go on a little further because we have to understand that the provision of the Lord was to be gathered daily. Uh, uh, this was something they were supposed to do daily and with the only exception for the preparation of the Sabbath. And here we go. You know, you know, it's always one. Amen. You know, somebody ain't going to do right. You, you ever, you, anybody have, have, have no, no, that, that, that you, you, some folk, you just, I can't take you nowhere. Anybody know anybody like that? I, I, I can't take you nowhere. You know, somebody is, some, I'm, I'm going to say, somebody ain't going to do right. And the Israelites gather more than they needed. It will not, it will rot and turn into a disgusting mess inside their tent. If they, if they, if they took more than what God had told them, it wasn't going to last. It was going to, it, it, it was going to rot away. The Bible said it would turn into maggots. We have to understand that we have to trust the Lord. We ask the Lord to give us this day. Our daily bread. As believers, we are instructed to pray for our daily bread. We can get so easily caught up in retirements of saving plans, uh, then they're good and, and, and it's wise to have one. But at the end of the day, daily bread reminds us who does the real providing for us. It's not my 401k. It's not my checking account. It's not my ability to save. There's none of that. Because at the end of the day, it is God who provides for you and for me. For, second, for, for, for our daily bread reminds us of what is important and purifies our focus on this life. Because at the end of the day, I have yet to see a hearse behind uh, seen a um, a hearse behind a, a U-Haul, for we have brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. 
There's nothing we could do. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and the snares of many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into the ruin of destruction. Now, there's nothing wrong with money. Everybody understand that. Everybody say, I remember back in the day, uh, uh, you don't you don't hear it uh, uh, anymore. They say the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, you know, the love of money. I'm gonna let you marinate on that. The love of money. So you mean that I, when they, when my, when my, when the, when the conference uh, uh, sends me uh, my check, uh, I need to just give it back because I don't want to have anything to do with money. Uh huh. A spiritual principle for our manner. God's provision is always on time. You see, because this spiritual provision uh, for our manner is that it isn't meant to be hoarded. Just like the Israelites were instructed to only gather enough for that day, we are wise to be mindful of how we gather God's provisions. The Israelites were also instructed, they were also instructed to trust God. Amen. Because they was to rest one day a week. This was for their fruitfulness. Rest requires me to trust that God will provide for us. See, when we rest, it's like a flag waving over our lives, shouting, I trust the Lord. I love the Sabbath. I I love the, the fact that that I can rest. And although there are times where the Sabbath can be uh, uh, overtaxed with, with a lot of responsibilities, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, 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 when you know the, the, the Sabbath was given to us to simply rest, but the children of Israel didn't want to rest. They didn't want to rest. They didn't know how to rest. They felt like that what God had given them for six days just wasn't enough. And so on the six days, instead of them, uh, 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 I mean, not, not on the six days, but, 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 but on, the, on the other days, uh, on, on the first day and on the second day, uh, uh, they, were, they were gathering more than they should. You see, manna was also something that served as a dividing line for the Israelites. It was a new and different, and it wasn't a continued into the promised land. In other words, when they went into the promised land, it stopped. For some 40 years, manna. Now, I know sometimes we'll have a bowl of um, ramen noodles, and we can probably muster that down for about a day or two. But can you imagine eating ramen noodles for just 30 days? Nothing else but ramen noodles. Morning, ramen noodles. In the evening, you got the noodles. Tuesday, we back on the ramen noodles. <laughs> come, <laughs> come next month, we're still looking at the noodles. The children of Israel, day in and day out, Manna, 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 and more manna. 
And some of us, they probably would have been amongst those Israelites in the corner with the board meeting going on, trying to figure out how to get out of this manna deal. (laughs) But we have to trust God and know that God knows what's best for us. God knows exactly what we need before we're in need of it. So we understand that this was a dividing line. This right here was a dividing line uh, 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 between uh, for the Israelite. It was new, it was different, and it wasn't continued over into the promised land, which suggests to me that they could have ended their manna um, diet long time ago. But because of their murmuring and because of their complaining and because of them not willing to do what God had called them to do, it took them longer to get to the promised land than what it should have. So God had to keep them on the manna diet. It forced them, uh, uh, that, that, it forced that generation of God's followers to know him personally rather than culturally or as a the fa- something that the family is just doing. One of the things that uh, we struggle with in our generation, uh, uh, trying to get our young people to see God for themselves. Because no longer is it just my God. Now I want him to be your God. Now I want him to be your savior. Now I want him to be your Lord and and your redeemer. Uh, He's my redeemer and he's my savior. But I don't want him to just be my savior. I want him to be my daughter's savior. I want him to be my son's savior and my daughter's redeemer. I don't want him to just be my Lord and my king. I want him to be my daughter's Lord. Lord and King. And this generation, God had to move some folk out the way because they would have taken that same mindset into the promised land. God knew exactly what he was doing uh, uh, by setting it up. And so you shall remember that all uh, the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, 40 years, manna, manna. Some of the Israelites, that's all they knew until they hit them, until they hit the promised land. I can just imagine once they started growing their own fruits and vegetables, they probably really thought they, they, they discovered something. And it's been there all along. And so we see that this water, a uh, 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 dividing line. Uh, 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 the water is a dividing line. I like the way uh, uh, First Peter puts it. It said, we was put to death in the flesh, but was made alive in the spirit. God knew exactly what the children needed. This earlier generation of Israelites did not get to interact with the Lord in this way. So God's provision was pulling them into intimacy and in a sense of owning their faith journey as personal. Uh, The manna provision also serves to be a humbling thing. This provision was simply gathered up. The Israelites couldn't boast any real efforts or involvement. They couldn't boast. They could. Everybody had the same thing. No big eyes, 
no little use. And so what Christ has done on the cross by giving us uh, uh, this manna, this manna, uh, what he's done in the, in the holy place, what he's done out in the courtyard, leading us to this place where now we see God as our provider. We see God now as we enter into the most holy. We understand because of our courtyard experience. We understand because of our, of our relationship with him in the holy place. Uh, we realize that now as we enter into the most holy that we understand that God is our provider that God is the one that takes care of me that God is the one that do all of the things that I need him to do he is the one there is no other I've come now to realize by way of the sanctuary that God is my provider that God is the way that he is the truth that he is the life and it's not because mama told me it's not because daddy told me but it's because I've seen it for myself uh, that as I've journeyed through this thing called Christianity that I realize that it is God and God alone uh, that has kept me when I didn't want to be kept that it was God that provided for me when I didn't know how I would be provided for and so when the Lord provides for us let us write it into the testimonies as personal and precious. Let us be mindful that Christ suffered for sin uh, once and for all. That there will be no redos. There will be no, no makeovers. There will be no, let's try this one more time. Uh, what Christ has done on the cross, what he has done as it relates to the sin factor, he's done it once and for all. There will be no second time around. There will be no, no, no part two. No phase two. When he cries out, it is finished. As he cried out, it is finished on the cross. It will be finished in the most holy. And that's where you and I will gain victory. That's where you and I will be able to step into a glorious, a new glorious mindset, a new glorious perspective, a new glorious attitude, a new glorious life, a new glorious body. When we see him, we will be like him. So what Christ has done, we need to take note of it and receive the work of his provision which, with complete Humility, because just like the manna that he placed in the Ark of the Covenant as a reminder for you and for me that he is our provider. That's what the manna represents in the Ark, that God is our provider. So as we look through the, and see the journey that the children of Israel went through. Let's look at our lives. And what journeys are you going through? What is it that God is showing you as it relates to him saving you and drawing you and providing for you? Father God, we are so thankful tonight for you leading us and guiding us
and directing us. Thank you, Father, tonight that we can see how you provided for the children of Israel 40 years. And while it seems a little odd to have a diet of manna for 40 years, but Father, you were working them and you was molding them and you were shaping them and you was preparing them. So Father, as you mold us, as you shape us, as you prepare us for your soon return. Father, help us. Help us every step of the way. As you do it, God, help us. For we are fallen and we are in so much need of your help. Forgive us of our sins. I pray right now, oh God, for those that are online, those that are in the, in the worship space, that we not leave here the same way we came, but we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Again, let the people of God say amen. Can we put our hands together in this place and worship God? We want to thank you so much for this opportunity that you have given us to come into your homes. Um, we want to remind you again that we'll be here on tomorrow night. Um, Sabbath morning we'll be here at 11 and then again Sabbath evening at 7. As we get ready for our closeout next week um, with um, New Life, um, 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 Tabernacle of Praise on Wednesday, Agape will be on that Thursday, um, Lighthouse, not New Life, but Lighthouse, amen, will be on that Friday, and then we'll be with um, Northside at 4 o'clock where we will have our communion. Um, this will be virtual for those that want to chime in to the SLAM uh, um, um, Facebook page or the SLAM YouTube page, um, or you can come to Northside um, and um, experience it in person. Uh, again, we just want to thank you so much, and we pray God's blessing up on you. God bless you, and have a blessed rest of the evening.